As you're listening to the following music selections, adjust the volume, bass, and treble controls to suit your tastes. Today's episode of Android's Dungeon. Special guest in the studio. Friend of the show, Patrick. And then we're also going to have a quick little chat about a fresh new game. It's set in Japan. It's violent. Murder, death, kill, kill. Pretty standard, really. And then anything else. Stay tuned. Welcome to Android's Dungeon on CFRU 93.3 FM, broadcasting out of the University of Guelph, Guelph, Ontario, Canada. <clears throat> it is a lovely fall day outside, a little misty, kind of spooky. Sweater weather. Oh, who's that? This is uh, Patrick. Patrick, you should get closer to the microphone. Right, I'll, I'll try. There you go. Well, I don't know. I'm assuming you got closer. It looked like it, at least. Test, test, test. Yeah, yeah that sounds fine. Uh, Android's Dungeon is a show about games, movies, music, whatever we saw on the way to the studio. Uh, I am Jack. I'm Joel. And we are joined by confirmed friend of the show now, Patrick. Uh, form- it's a twofer. Yeah, formerly of uh, Twitch fame. Is that still going on? Uh, or is that a hard ban at this point? That <laughs> might be a sensitive <laughs> subject. I was definitely banned. Uh, there's a new account, but it is not. So <laughs> I think last well. time we had Patrick on the studio was in March, and we he was on here to promote his stream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's maybe a little <laughs> painful for you. Couldn't, couldn't but I mean, life's a lot better. Yeah, you got yeah, a nice job. True. You that's couldn't true. handle the success of the Android Dungeon bump. That's true. The, the, Too many the viewer. That's what it was. Um. Joel, what have you been playing recently? Oh, same thing as you, my friend. Rising Sun, but maybe I should talk about something else. Let's do something else, because we'll do that as a main sort of conversation topic here. I did teach a little route to this fellow over here, and I think we had a good time. I I won. I think I need the expansion, you know, because now I'm running through the same three. I haven't really done much Vagabond, but anyway, Mm -hmm. route was good. Uh, Tried a little, uh, what was the second game? I know you were going oh, to do Lords of Water. <laughs> the DC. Did we play D? Oh, yeah, we played that was DC a mistake. But it was a good mistake for me. I had fun. I just couldn't, you know. <laughs> DC has kind of elevated in com- complexity as each iteration comes out. And DC 4 uh, is fairly complex, but not nearly as complex as when you add the Birds of Prey crossover, which is a bunch of, I guess, a team of. Uh, female superheroes that yeah. are going around kicking butt. Going around um, rotating cards. And I know Black Canary is a villain sometimes. She's a good guy sometimes. I don't know what's going on. But. Chaotic <laughs> neutral. Chaotic neutral, yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a nerd, but I'm not a very good geek. And I don't know much about these characters. But well, I've always, Before we move on, let's, let's talk about discussion between... Because I've always been pretty firm on the whole nerds and geeks. And I think a geek is somebody who can, is into something... Like you can be a wood carving geek, you can be a clothing geek. It's something that you know a lot about compared to the average person. Exactly, it's an enthusiast. Enthusiast, yeah. Like it's just another way. But I think it's been associated with something that's nerdier hobbies, which are like let's say like Pokemon cards or comic books or something. Computers, right? And now the like nerds are cool, man. Yeah, nerds are cool. Nerds are like people that do things. Yeah, Yeah, it's just somebody who does stuff. But now I think I would adopt the 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 word nerd to mean somebody who is socially awkward about their geekdom. So a nerd is somebody who is they're on the same level as the geek, possibly higher, but they can't they're not good at talking about it without coming across as a, a psychopath or yeah. something. <laughs> so okay, so which one's easier to beat up? <laughs> nerds. <laughs> nerds obviously. It's because the, 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 geek, the geek's the wild card. You can have a, a jock that's a geek. Yeah, absolutely. You could be into sports. True, well, I was yeah. gonna say so. Yeah, sports geeks. That's what. It, like, are you super into hockey? Can you tell me all the stats of all these players? I'm like, okay, you're. But it doesn't mm. make you a jock though. It makes you a hockey However, geek. However, a dork probably is the easiest. 
A dork is just a loser. I think like sports gets an exception because every jock out there knows a lot about sports. Where maybe they don't know like the coach in 1967. Right. I don't know. What's a team from 1967? (laughs) The Leafs? Yeah. Anyway. um, So we can agree there's different tiers perhaps (laughs) within these subsections. There's a lot to hash out here. So bottom line is that we are not, like I know comic books, but I'm not a comic book geek. Exactly. I don't know uh, what episode uh, Black Canary became a hero, but in (laughs) crossover six. Yeah. She's a hero. So do you, because this kind of comes up a little bit, and it's going to come up a little, uh, definitely in Rising Sun when we get talking about that, But it, which is the concept of expansions and when to add them, when to hold them, when to fold them. Mm. And with these, these crossover expansions for DC, would you say that this is just a pure enthusiast expansion that if you if you've played the hell out of this game and you need more content, this is the, that's, or is it for anyone who likes it, period? Well, I don't know, because... It, it all depends on it because each one has been kind of either better than the other or has done something different. Like, for example, the Watchmen expansion completely changes the game into into an intrigue game. Now, is that an expansion or is it a whole, like, would you say it's like an entirely separate game? It's just a, it's just like a tiny pack like this. It's like, yeah. you know, 20 cards, but uh, completely converts the rules, basically. Mm-hmm. So the Watchmen makes it so that it's everybody against one person, but you don't know who the bad person is trying to make you fail. I I played it once with you and John, and uh, it was obvious John was the bad guy. John did a pretty terrible job of hiding it. Um, But yeah, so this one, uh, something that an expansion can do, and this is the same with any game, is fixes it. Mm. So Teen Titans was probably the weakest of the four. You add Birds of Prey, it becomes this very complicated, but... I don't know, Jack Patrick. What do you think? I thought it was. I think before we go, how many times have you played DC? Do you think DC and all DC deck builder for those who aren't listening? Ah, oh, geez, at least uh, I'd say at least five, maybe six ish around that time. Okay. Around that many times. So that's enough to like have a yeah, more a more than the it. average bear yeah. appreciation yeah. for. You were in that tournament, I think, one year for my birthday. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, I don't think we'd ever play Teen Titans without the crossover anymore. What do you oh think? yeah, I wouldn't play standalone. Like, if it's an extra thing to add, why not? No, but what I'm saying is, like, this c- crossover in particular, it really elevates the game from like a, uh, I guess I'll, we'll play for because the other on... ones aren't available to like actually looking forward to it. And I actually play it a lot one on one with Sam now, which is nuts that you think like a two player deck builder would would function in that way and it's just poor Patrick you're struggling with this microphone that just needs some I don't, it needs less normally, WD-40 <laughs> normally we're in the production studio why aren't we in the production studio because some but some fool has played with the settings in there and it, it's not working properly <laughs> and poor Patrick's hunched over it, it's like if you were to if you if you were to do a manual on how to speak properly like it, elocute and it would be a picture of what what Patrick don't do <laughs> it's like hunch over like, my it's like he's trying to eat a bowl of cereal but yeah. the milk keeps spilling everywhere so he's going right over the bowl <laughs> he's got like uh, shaky hands or something. well maybe I don't know if he can like I, I'm gonna move over here but anyway uh, so DC Black Canary um, now before we you mentioned that you played Root and this is something that I'm gonna save yeah. Patrick Patrick what have you played recently yeah, good oh, call. Goodness. Root. Root. Oh, Root. Wow, <laughs> fantastic. I heard it's a really good game. First time I heard about it was uh, on, was that Friday or Saturday? Saturday. Yeah, and uh, apparently it's a big deal. It, Everyone needs a copy. It's, it's very hot right now. Yeah. So what did you think of Root? Was, Just give uh, us your description of it first. Because I want to hear what it adorable. is. Adorable. Yeah. Like all the art. Um, you think you're looking at like a, a squirrel eating like little candies, but really those candies are pieces on a war map <laughs> it's like these are ruthless killers but yeah, they're yeah, so yeah. adorable looking yeah and there's a lot of uh it it seemed more complex when i was going into it and then it sort of just played itself um when you say play itself as in your turns were pre-programmed um i i felt like i always knew what i was gonna do i, I didn't have a lot of maybe it was one turn where i was making a bigger or smaller decision but more or less it now, seemed like you just do your role okay and now, does that appeal to you? Did you is that a plus for you? or Because to me, that's a negative to to hear that your turn, you know exactly what you're doing every turn. Um, maybe I just played really well, mm-hmm. and I had already <laughs> solved maybe that. Maybe I'm just the best. Maybe I'm the best. I'm the secret, the hero. But I think suffice to say, the board state didn't change enough in between your turns for you to have to go, oh, my plan got screwed up completely. Now I have to think about what I'm going to do here, or I'm anticipating what uh, Joel or what was it, three players? 
Yep. Yeah, it was the birds, the birds, the cats, and good old Patty, the woodland creatures. Yeah. And I gotta say, it was really tough. It's really tough to deal with woodland creatures because they always get the high roll. Mm-hmm. Every time you go in, you give them a card. Even if you beat them, you gotta give them a card. And it's like you it's only just get the high roll on defense. But you're always getting it either way. So it's like if dice are being chucked, you're taking the higher one. I can't imagine a scenario where you would walk into someone else's territory and not just drop a drop a sympathy instead of uh, instead of actually yeah, fighting someone. Like I, I don't think woodland creatures. I've correct me if I'm wrong, Jack. But have you ever seen a woodland creature attack? Harry did it the one game, the first time we ever played. Oh, and then he left. Yeah, and then oh, he, I think he was just trying to. Burn no, no, I mean the very, very first time we played. Like he, he was oh. able to stay for that one. And, right, right. It was a really close one. And I, I was feeding him because I didn't understand it properly. I was the birds first time, and I kept giving him cards. And mm. that's the thing that you want to avoid at all costs when you're playing against the woodland. But the thing about the sympathy that I thought was difficult when I played them, I've only done it once, was that the it gets more expensive as it goes up. And if you don't have officers on the board, if you haven't been. You're supposed to be playing more cards. It's not always one Uh-oh. to spread it. What do you mean? That's why it was so easy. You mean so you're going to notice on the board, there's yeah. like different, each of your sympathy things has a number. So the first time, Isn't first three times. how many times, points I get when I remove that sympathy token? That, uh, when that I also, place a sympathy token and it, it says plus four, I, think, I get four points. Yeah, I think but I know it costs me. But it cards, costs you four cards. Four supporters. Yeah. Oh, I was not doing that. We were cheating. See, okay, so here's no an example. No wonder he blew the game. Like, yeah, he had I double blew, R. I, I got to four as quick <laughs> Either, as I could. We always play it. We've there's had, always a mistake. I don't think we've ever done a legit game yet. Well, there you go. Because I was going to say, when I played it, I felt hamstrung by... Don't, don't tell anyone how to play the game. Yeah, and then you can just steamroll. <laughs> you stink at this. So, <laughs> so what were you saying about the game being too easy? Really? <laughs> <laughs> you knew exactly what you are going to do. Oh, yeah, there you go. So sense, aside from the rule flub, big deal. What you Do you think you wanted... Like, did you walk away saying, oh, boy, uh, my mind's brimming with possibilities. What would I do? Or do you just were you like, hmm, I'll try someone else next time? i play again a couple more times, try mm-hmm. with the different people. Good question. With the military actions, when you move somewhere and you sacrifice a dude to play sympathy, do you also have to sacrifice multiple dudes at that point, or is that mm. always only one? I think that might be only one because you've mm. invested so much in there. Otherwise, that's it's kind of because that's why you want to get the base so out. Because when it gets that, that yeah, yeah. part wasn't maybe cheap. good way to do it late. Now again, I'm just <laughs> I'm just imagining, trying to think because I barely had an opportunity to even use my officers last. I was I felt like I was just getting started. The game ended. I it's had like, oh, the oh, six oh. officers at the end. Oh, it's incredible. Crazy. But, like, Two how bases. much of a miracle is it that I've even won with the birds when I realized that you weren't even supposed to remove, like, nearly half as many victory points as I had been <laughs> removing oh, for true. the birds this yeah. whole time? That was another thing. Well, we didn't play it wrong this time because when we got to that point, she read it and it made Probably. sense to her. <laughs> yeah. It's a for each bird card, not for each card. To be honest, I haven't even seen a, a turmoil in forever with some of these birds. Like, most of the time the games, because if you do it properly, you can really stretch your turns out with the birds. And it's only, it takes somebody actively looking at you and countering what you're playing, which is what everyone in route should be doing to begin with to really cause a, a turmoil, or unless you've hopelessly unless, screwed up. Unless somehow. you don't get any bird cards. True, so true. For example, true. let's say you... Uh, pick build in a certain spot. You've got four turns, and then you're guaranteed turn. Yeah, yeah. So you never want to use. I think, a, <laughs> but you want to say like, well, you never want to do that. You never want to do that. It's but you want to be able no, to you, build. You too, want right? at least one yeah. build, maybe one recruit, because you don't want to run out of dudes. You don't want to run out of roosts. Yeah, there was a turmoil places. where she yeah. ran out of dudes because she picked the eagle first, a recruit two. Yeah. Anyway, root. Hot new game. Had you had fun? Yeah. Cool. What would you give Root out of... Uh, yeah, how many cute animals uh, scurrying around with knives? <laughs> i give it a <laughs> four or five. Wow. Solid. Nice. Cool. Um, I don't know if I can even contribute to board games as far as like being played lately. It's been... Magic the Gathering Arena. Magic the Gathering Arena. How much you love it. Maintains this like <laughs> hate, 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 love, hate relationship that uh, I think Joel and I are both... Uh, have you... Did you download the beta? No, no. What is this? Open beta started last week. The open, an online game? It's, it's, they, took, they took Hearthstone okay. and they turned it into Magic the Gathering. They took... Ex- every, it looks identical as far as I'm concerned. The, the animations, the when you lose your character, portrait explodes. Even <laughs> the scenarios, like the background, you know, it's like uh, you can click you on it. You can click on it. There's you can little interact. Now, do other people see that? Because I've always no. I do it, and I just wonder if it's maybe in the new. They one, can see you hovering the over other your cards. Yeah, that's about it. 
anyway, so that's out. You should pick it up if yeah. you have any interest in magic. I am a Tons huge magic player. I oh, got okay. A couple cool. EDH decks and a modern deck. So I'm pretty there cool. you go. Look at this guy. Yeah. You're using terms I don't even understand. Uh, are they based on real cards that yes. have been released? I'm going to assume EDH is Eldritch Horror. Um, definitely Elder Dragon Highland. Something like that. Sure. Like, is that building a deck around a card? Or? Um, yeah, you have it's like a, a commander and there's a hundred unique cards. Oh, I see, I see. And uh, that's it. You so have it, doubled life. It's not bad, but Joel, I think, is sort of, or, or were you always in agreement with me, but the card pool is so low that there are a couple of decks that are just completely unfeasible. It's impossible to build what you want to build, but it is really easy to build a good deck of exactly what they want you to build. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's a good way to put it. So. You've, been, uh, you've been given really good cards right off the bat. You've been given Planeswalkers, everything like that. But you've been given certain... They want you to do something with them specifically. Mm. And, and it's, Ravnica is really big, obviously, because they want to sell their new cards. Mm-hmm. So that's what this new set is, is like Guilds of Ravnica, I think, is the uh, yeah, the, latest the latest release. So they're out there. There's some neat things. I was talking to my cousin who was really into Magic for a while. I didn't realize how deep he was, but he was like going to some of these tournaments, and he ended up winning a box of boosters once, which I, whenever I hear that, I'm like, oh, that's like nice. Like real-life boosters nice. or well, in the game? Real-life, real-life. You oh, also yeah, have to nice. pay to get into the tournament. But yeah. yeah, yeah, but it's just like the fact that you were able to get it that far. Not he just, went undefeated. Yeah, yeah. But nice. The, he was. I got him to play it, and he was looking. And he, I was saying, well, let me know what you think. As somebody who played a lot more Magic than I did, and he said it's kind of frustrating because it's so difficult to get the like to build the deck outside of just looking like what you're saying. Like they want me to build this deck. So, yeah. all right, well. So you, like you go online and like metagame, you know, charts and everything, and they're saying this is the best one, this is the best one right now as far as wins percentage, how many people are using these cards, everything like that, and you'd be amazed at how many of them are the prefabs like the prefabricated decks that they hand you they're still saying this is just as good as something that somebody built themselves which is what your what was it what's the fellow's name um oh joe joe the 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 resident he was just running the the mono green and just stomping i'm curious um why they did this this is by wizards of the coast because they already have an online platform called magic online or MTG O yeah, well, they, online, and, and it has all the cards and new, like when new releases come out, they add those. So, what is this adding? Is this just for You're children? Asking the wrong I think person. Moving is away that from why it's, it's I, they're trying to nice they, to play? they're going to transfer this? They're trying to. I think they want what Hearthstone took from them, so they're swinging back at them. The casuals, the casuals, the, the people. Casuals. Even though this is only on your computer right now, so you can't. It's not mobile. You can't even get on the mobile. It's it's beta, so whatever. It's beta. <clears throat> That's what we keep saying because you can't chat with people. We can't no add friends each list, other as friends. Wins, you losses. can't see your stats. There's so much missing. That's just a basic thing for an online mm. multiplayer game, whereas you just got to be like, well, it's beta. Which is fine, I guess. Like you said, you actually submitted a bug report. So yeah, nice. They said you probably won't hear anything unless we want more information. I was like, damn it, I want a free packet of this. <laughs> Some people were complaining. I, I remember when um, it was down for maintenance or something on Friday, and I was just looking on the, uh, I don't know, if it was the Twitter page for it or what, but people were going crazy and they were like demanding. How dare it be down? <laughs> How dare it be down? I paid. I paid money for this, which is mm, did you? Did you? It's like, give me, and I guess some, they were giving them boosters and stuff if you complained hmm. loud enough, which is makes sense. Like, well, just give baby a bottle. Those codes, wow. how often do you get those? There's a no code, idea. just three packs, bam. Yeah. I don't even know how my cousin got that, but. <laughs> yeah, I was like, whoa, you can enter codes. And sure enough, I went to the store and there's a little button there. Yeah, Sweet. redeeming coupons or something, kind of like a, or a Steam key of some sort. So you can imagine a kid like walking into 7-Eleven with cash that his dad gave him and buying one of those cards and he scratches the card off and there's a little code on there and that's how he gets his stuff on, you know, on World of Warcraft fix. or whatever. World of War, yeah, wow, and those Steam cards and yeah. stuff you can get everywhere, one which month is kind membership of Some kids get candy, some kids get cards. You get your Roblox <laughs> money or something. <laughs> Is Roblox a thing? Yeah, it's like a it's Lego. It's a real thing. Is it a big deal, oh, though? Or am it's also, like, it. memeified it's a joke. to the max. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that, that Kanye West song where he's in a big... Yeah, that's yeah, a, yeah, Roblox? a Roblox. It looks like he's a Roblox. <laughs> I don't get it. I'm so out of touch. No, it's Lego, man. The kids are wrong. That's, <laughs> that's what it is. All right, so... 
Let's move on to the main topic of conversation then. Yeah. Uh, we recently played uh, something that's been sitting on my shelf for far too long that I've been meaning to get out, but it really, I think everyone would agree after what we played, it's something that you want to have at least four people to really mm. balance or bouncing. You could do it two players, but I think it'd be very really? frustrating. It allowed two players? I think so. It's three to five, it said. Did it say three to five? You could do it three players then, but I still think it'd be too loose. Like you you wouldn't be, f- unless it'd just be like your point values would be through the roof. Mm. Unless you're, I don't know, maybe play is fine. But that is Rising Sun by Come On Games, as designed by Eric Lang, who's uh, he's kind of become this this area control fellow. His big his big game was uh, Chaos in the Old World, which if you play, you'd kind of go, hmm, very similar mechanics about putting troops, getting majority, getting points for having the majority in these areas, and different sort of gods that have different powers. And uh, so, there's no relation to Anis then? No, but they're both. Area control games. I think Innis is a careful or better comparison because Innis is very strict with the troop amounts. Mm. So you can't, you can dump all your troops in one space, but it's not the smart decision necessarily. Uh, But we're getting ahead of ourselves here. So, uh, Patrick, why don't you describe Rising Sun to somebody who's never heard of this before? They don't even know what area control means. Give us, give us the breakdown. Close your eyes. Okay. You are in feudal Japan. In mythology as well mm-hmm. <laughs> there's monsters there's Bushido um, Bushidos there's Shimushis Shimushis look them up Dojimas Dojima there's words did you just mix up like Hideo Kojima and Doge Dojo Dojos there's a lot of words that aren't English but uh, <laughs> they get their point across. Yeah. It's it's kind of like a little bit of risk, a little bit of cyclades. Yeah. A little bit of... Um, um, there was a third game that we mentioned there. But uh, yeah, just lots of lots and lots of different mechanics that seemingly aren't intertwined. But mm-hmm. then when you start playing and you get after, let's say, a full season, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I see how this, I should have thought more about that when I did this, and mm-hmm. I need that for that, and that, and that. So different moving parts. Yeah, I like that. So a lot of moving parts. There's there's a bunch of different kind of, what you do is that this was a Kickstarter game that uh, did extremely well for itself. Um, I backed it on the theme and the designer's name, and uh, when it showed up, there's gigantic, two giant boxes and two smaller boxes, and it's loaded with stuff. It was a minis game. That's what like, it's becoming kind of this uh, pejorative description for games. Oh, it's a minis game. It's like people Bunch are of buying plastic it. pieces. Yeah, it, but it's people are buying it more for the figures in the actual mm-hmm. game. It's like, oh, look at how pretty the game. Well, what's the game play like? You could use these. But they're pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you could use them in D&D. That'd be all right. And you could paint them. And you can paint them, make them look all nice. So you, it's an area control game where whoever has the most influence in the sections of this. Uh, I don't even know if it, they're trying to copy what Japan Regions. looks like. Really, it's very you know, sideways. Sort of like you know, the. I'm sure it resembled Japan. Yeah, sort of. It, it was like kind of stretching, but whatever. Whoever is the most in the area takes a tile, and you want to build sets of these tiles. And the more of these sets you have, the worth the more points and. There's a bunch of other ways to get your victory points as well, but that's the main way. So you're, but the meat of the game kind of really comes down to you want to be negotiating with your enemies and your allies, sort of trying to figure out where they're going, and you don't want to waste resources in an area you can't win, but you don't want to end up in an area where you're already got, you've already won because you're trying to get these sets, and you make an alliance with somebody at the beginning of the of each season. There's only three seasons for you to do things, and it's you don't have to make an alliance, but I can say to Patrick, Patrick. Uh, we're, our interests are aligned. Let, we, we're on different sides, or even though the map is very tight, it's like when you are in an alliance with somebody, when they take one of these actions, which is similar to Puerto Rico or Twilight Imperium, you can take a better one if you've got an ally with there. So you can double up on it versus the rest of those schmucks. They sit there being envious of your actions. Well, so. I think you still get the bonus if you, even if you don't have an ally. But if your ally takes an action, you get their bonus. Yeah, yeah. So well. it's just the bottom line is it's it's More. beneficial for you to be allied with somebody when they're taking these actions. So you, you're balancing these these alliances. You're buying monsters and abilities which stack and get crazy. There's this there's this weird god track up at the top that the, those bonuses hit three times a game. So if you've got Three times a season. Three times a season, excuse me. And so if you've got majority on those, then you get these neat little tertiary bonuses. There's an honor track. Honor which track. makes you more better. <laughs> which breaks ties and <laughs> yeah. a lot of ties in this game. And uh, yeah. Anyway, so 
it's interesting. Joel, what are your thoughts? I'm just going through the the summary here. It's a 2018 game, it says, but you know, I think you've had it for at least. I, I'd say it's it? 2018. So just we're we're in the <laughs> we're on the tail end it's of the one, season. Uh, it's 2018 RPC Fantasy Award Tabletop and Miniatures Game. <sighs> <laughs> Holy! That's the genre. What a title! <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. Categories: bluffing, fantasy, miniatures, oh, mythology, shit. negotiation, warfare. That pretty much sums it up. Yeah. Eh? But yeah, it's a. There's a lot to think about. Um, like you said, those ally benefits. I think some of them are a lot better than others. Yeah. For example, harvest. You can get whatever your territories are on, which is huge. Otherwise, yeah. you get a dollar. Yeah. And then the you know the training one is like, well, it's okay. You get one extra guy. Well, but. Uh, was it training for that or no recruit? Yep. Sorry. And then training, I think the training bonus is significant. Discount. The yeah. discount is a big deal because especially by the end, things are very expensive and money is super tight, we, which we haven't talked about because mm. it starts tight. I disagree. <laughs> well, it depends. <laughs> well, these guys sitting on 20 bucks each at the end of the round, which, which is was, kind of funny because I don't even know how. Uh, Rising mm-hmm. Sun has a unique function where you don't get to keep any of your money round mm-hmm. around. So basically, you get these three rounds, and you're going to do as go- as as well as you can in each round. Uh, but in the end of the round, nothing matters. You basically just reset. You yeah. get to keep your fighters. You get to keep your fortresses. So it kind of leads to something that I first I was on the fence about about boot boot, mm-hmm. where you end up. If you don't have more than one fight, then you can really just throw all your cash at exactly what you want. And the way the fights work is that you have this little <clears throat> card in front of you, and you put money. You're basically bidding on an action in the fight, and there's four different actions for you to take. And the first one is seppuku, where you can decide to, as your first action, if you win this one, same for all of them, you can decide to kill all your troops immediately because uh, you've taken the honorable weight of this fight. And for every troop you or figure you kill, you get one honor and one victory point. And as we saw at the end of the game, this combos with stuff where Patrick was able to, using a card he bought, to uh, do seppuku and well, get twice the amount. 21 explain, points. Yeah. We can explain also the, the, the last ability on that bidding card is also gain points for each unit that was killed. Yeah, yeah. So you seppuku all your guys, then get a point for all of them, and then I also had a virtue that I had bought through yeah. training. That gave me an additional one for all my units killed. So basically, one in <laughs> one fight, he made twenty-one victory I points or something. I went from third to first, which and is just carried wild. it to the end. So and then there's a pagu. You can uh, take a hostage, which is a, a strange one. I think everyone was kind of like a little on the fence about that, but because um, it, it only weak. it's only a one yeah. troop swing. I yeah. mean, you do get a VP, but you that steal right? a VP. But you did it to Chris where you, if you kidnap one of their um, figurines, the guys that yeah. are worth tons. I stole his monster. Yeah, so you can steal the monster, which right. counts as the figure. Yeah. So that's a big deal right there. So if you have a monster, it, it's significant because you don't want somebody taking your monster from you and swinging the battle in another direction. Uh and the third is hire a Ronin, which is throughout the round, you have plenty of opportunities to get these little, uh, lovely little discs that are your mercenaries. And you, if you win that one, you can basically contribute all these extra guys you've uh, acquired throughout the game towards this fight. And they don't even go away. If you get multiple fights, you can constantly toss Ronin in as well. Well, they go, they go at the end of the season. At the end of the season yeah. with other Between stuff. Between fights, though, they stay. Yeah, so... Joel's smiling over here. I just saw your reply on Board Game Geek. For which one? I said, you suck. Oh. And you said, reported for harassment. <laughs> Joel's about to be banned from the geek. No. The saddest thing in the world. <laughs> if the geeks won't accept you, who will? The nerds. Yeah, yeah, the nerds. Yeah, just time to tra- change teams. BoardGameNerd.com. I'm going to start it up. It's a very hostile Come community. My side. Anyway, so Rising Sun, I'm happy I got out to the table. I'm really impressed with it. I was very, I was apprehensive of it um, for a little bit because I was worried it was a game that was more f- show and not as much underneath. But after having getting a, a play of it, I'm I'm impressed with how there actually are a lot of decisions, and I was engaged the whole time. Yep. I don't think there was any moment outside of maybe early kind of rule checking and stuff where I was like. Oh, this is tedious. Because you're sitting there and you're paying attention to everyone, especially by the third round. Everyone's really looking at the board and watching what other people are doing. And the movements were interesting, except for the recruit actions or the martial actions. If you have no troops on the board and somebody picks a marshal, you don't do anything. That's a waste of a turn. Or if you've already got all your soldiers on the board, 
That's kind of strong. When somebody picks you put recruit, yourself in that position. Yeah. Then you're you're not making anything, which is where yeah. I ended up. But um, <clears throat> I wanted to just give an explanation to the people that don't understand what we're talking about. Just how tight this map is. It's it's basically um, it's it's a map of some islands. We'll call it Japan. But I was just <laughs> thinking about it when you were saying how inaccurate it is. I was like, okay, well. Kyoto was here and Edo was seven. off here in the corner, but Edo is Tokyo and Tokyo is up above. There's seven regions it's, it's, loosely connected. Yeah. Are you sure there were seven anyway. or was it eight? Seven. One, mm. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You're right. Mm. Anyway, uh, the, the amount of players plus two is the amount of territories that will be fought over. And you can basically get from anywhere to anywhere. So because there's two martial actions, you have to move to an adjacent spot. But everything has river routes. And unless some jerk buys a snake, which <laughs> makes you pay to get across, you could just move there like anywhere else. Yeah. And but before we go any further, too, each of the factions you take at the beginning has a different ability. So, Joel, what was your factions? I was the turtles, which means my fortresses can move and my fortresses count as power which i thought was used it a lot you did a pretty good i job won every fight and i got every territory i wanted to and yeah. it's, it's still not very many points <laughs> and patrick's i think on the other hand was i i, I would say objectively the, the strongest of the bunch at least in our, our first game what was it patrick uh i got to recruit and move anywhere yeah so normally you have to recruit at your fortresses and they're stationary um and normally you can only re- move between borders or through ship paths the unable to lose fortresses thing was a little odd. And I was talking to Patrick about this on the way there, that mm-hmm. the turtles could actually just move their fortresses independent of their people and take over territories. Yeah. Because they count as one force. Yes, absolutely. And they can't be destroyed. And if somebody decides to get, like, although it's just one force, so... Uh, and I don't think they count as warriors, though, so you can never get bonuses on top of them. Well, you can still yeah. move in, but initiate they, a combat. But they're immortal because they can't be captured. They mm-hmm. can't be killed. Right, so they're always guaranteed a power there, and you could just then go ahead and just add some Ronin to your fortress or something. Yeah. And well, yeah, exactly. I'm not saying they're weak, over. but it's <laughs> they're on their own though. If you don't have any Ronin or anything, it's like just one power is not going to yeah. necessarily well, swing power a fight in an empty territory. In an empty territory, although Chris's ability was able to summon guys yeah. anywhere yeah. where he wasn't as well. I don't think he utilized that enough. He ran out of guys. That's true. Although thematically it is no odd plan. that you can have like six troops in a territory with a single fortress and that fortress is just okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just, it's no, it's hard to get into. Close yeah. the gates. Well, they, they, they even say in the manual, I think there was something about the a fortress is a, a impenetrable <laughs> <laughs> setup or something. Impenetrable. Yeah. And then mine was, I, I liked it, but I didn't use it enough, uh, I think, was everything costs a dollar for you. Um, yeah, pretty nice. So, and where a game where money is so tight, you be buying stuff and just like, yeah, just and that's before discount. So if you're doing it yourself, everything's free. Yeah, true. So you could, and that's where the, all these cards we were kind of talking about, where Patrick was talking about his virtue cards, and there, uh, where you buy monsters is by these cards. So every season has this deck of cards that shows up, and when you take the train action via these tiles, which without getting too nitty-gritty, everyone takes four tiles from this deck, chooses one of these actions, and that's what's going to be done this turn. And there's... Uh, how many actions was there? Four, three, two? Anyway. Oh, you mean like in... How many tiles would be picked? Between yeah. the gods? It was three, two, two. Three, two, two. Okay. So you take these tiles and you just go through, and um, one of these things you can do is train where you buy these cards, but I think by the end of the game, all of us were thinking of different things you could have specialized in or done differently, although maybe Patrick did everything fine and he wouldn't change a thing. So. No, uh, Joel gave me the game indirectly. Yep. I don't think he calculated it. Well, I didn't Chris calculate was... it until we did the fight, and I was like, oh. Chris was 10 points behind you, so... Yeah, it was pretty close, I think. Joel and I were like a couple of points. Although, you know, ultimately, you were ahead, no doubt about it. But I think it was pretty tight in the sense of if, let's say, you hadn't made your... What, did you have your... I only had four tiles at the end. Four tiles. So, although four, it gave you a buffer. So, you four could go down to three. So, yeah. yeah, I think I made the mistake of not really reading the victory points at the beginning because I didn't realize that uh, the, the set collection of territories was a range and not as like a number up like i just assumed it was a multiplier each time you got one more Uh, in your set oh well but oh well it was (laughs) was a learning game and we made mistakes so rising sun come on games uh joel patrick let's hear your ratings what would you give it uh out of uh how many disgrace samurai out of 13 
Uh, out of seven. <laughs> <laughs> out of seven? Yeah. <laughs> How many sa- samurai out of seven? I'll I'll give it. Uh, Trying to do quick five math. samurai committing seppuku. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I don't think I can give it a fair uh, rating until I play it a couple more times. Fair enough. Fair enough. Great answer. Jack, I, but uh, I did for Root. So maybe outside of yeah. Rising Sun, which obviously was a success and is a decent game, uh, tell us what wh- what are your thoughts on CMON right now? Did they do Massive Darkness or... Um, Not true. What's the what was that big game that uh, your friend uh, was playing in Kitchener? Oh, uh, Kingdom Death. Was Kingdom Death a Kamon game? I don't know. I th- I think it's independent. Kamon has a, a nasty reputation for doing some sort of Kickstarter games that they don't need to. I think Zombicide was their big game. That, that was one they, of the things. And they started with that. Zombicide was a terrible game. What I. Zombicide was one of the first games I played, but like of the hobbyist level of this stuff, and I remember not minding at the time. But if somebody played it again today, I'd be like, okay, I need the I need a refresher. But I remember it not being very smart. Like if it was dice chuck, it was like Left for Dead, the dice chucking uh, campy B movie. Joel played it super recently though, and yeah. you really enjoyed it, right? Well, I think I had really low expectations going in. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I, for what it is, which is just kind of a goofy campy RPG. It's it doesn't take a long time. It's very light, and uh, it sort of uh, doesn't take itself too seriously. No, 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 no. And I think Zombicide Black Plague apparently is like a more tactical or more maybe more decisions to be made in that that game. But come on, they did uh, Unfair, which I'm quite happy with. I think that's a fun game. But overall, come on, is gorgeous production qualities. But the game sometimes can be buried underneath this sort of chrome. They sure can make plastic figurines. <laughs> the figurines are great. And before, yeah. the last thing I want to say about Rising Sun, the setup and takedown is a nightmare. Oh. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea how to put some of these things you back. You just take pictures. You should have taken pictures the first time. Now it's ruined forever. I, I don't know. It's, it's it's really bad. All these figures have their own specific places in these plastic Zombicide's containers. the same thing. Is Zombicide that yeah, bad? I don't know. All remember. their cases are the... So, Joel, why do you ask about Kamon? What are you thinking? Well, I've heard you speak of it before with uh, frustration in your voice. Yeah. <laughs> and I know I know that it's it's one of those companies that we... I mean, we talk negatively about Kickstarter a lot. Kickstarter has helped a lot of people get off the ground, but we hate to see something like CMON or, at this point, Stonemire starting up a Kickstarter because we know they don't need it. Well, at least you can give Stonemire um, benefit of the doubt for not doing it for Charterstone, which I was astounded at because yep. they'd done it for a lot of other stuff and then they just went out of the, well, no, we're not doing it for Charterstone, which I thought, oh, interesting, that's odd. Yep. Um, yeah, so they did Bloodborne, which is another Eric Lang game. See, that makes sense as a Kickstarter because I could see the fan base want that, whereas they weren't planning on making it. What, Bloodborne? Yeah, I guess so. That one actually wasn't Kickstarted. Oh, see, that seems backwards. It yeah. looks like Kingdom Death was actually independent. Some guy named Adam Poots, and he's done it all by himself, except he works with like an unnamed artist to produce the the figurines. There's definitely one of these guys. I'm just I'm, I'm flubbing. Um, uh, so what do you got here? Big ones. Cthulhu Death May Die is a gigantic game that became that was a punchline. It's another Eric Lang game, I think, where one of the top tier Kickstarter project was like a giant, like sort of uh, three foot tall statue of Cthulhu. Yeah, some Gee, goofy, oh goofy worth something you don't need <clears throat> functionality wise. It's just like, oh, look, we have a giant Cthulhu on our table. And hate was parodied because I would I remember t- sending stuff to Joel about because they had this extreme video for our trailer for their board game where there's lots yes. of swearing and violence. It's like, it's a board game. What are you talking about? But people were doing the do your favorite IG. Euros <laughs> in the style of hate and it's like Feast for Odin, Vikings, they're going to murder everyone around you. You're going to feast on your foes. It's like, ah, whatever. It's Nerds. Nerds. I mean, geeks. <laughs> I don't know anymore. <laughs> Godfather, Corleone's Empire, another Eric Lang game, Area Control, which is supposed to be pretty good, but it wasn't. I don't think it was kickstarted. And then famously, Zombicide, which I think was the first big one 
It's like, um, but I forgot the, the new modern art as well. It's like they've produced and sold all the their copies of whatever game they've just made, and they're just massive. Call up Eric, hey Eric, what what are we doing <laughs> what next? You, what do you got on the back burner? <laughs> need you. Massive Darkness is the one I was thinking about. Yeah, okay, that's the yeah. the gigantic one. But they've got tons of games, and a lot of them are a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm looking through some of these, and I'm saying, oh yeah, these are there's some good games in here. I forgot about some of the stuff, but. Come on is a, just a big company, and I like a lot of their games, but I think they sometimes it's a little cheesy some of their business practices. Come on, come on, give guys. us money. Come on. All right, fine. We're gonna take a break. Be back in a second. The dark veil of night descends. Outcast of the mainstream, our order numbers have thrived in recent times. Finally, the time has come to unshackle the beast that mankind has feared for so long. Relinquish your fear and submit to the cause. You will find all you need in these audio recordings. The year is 1988. Welcome to Occult 88.
can hear the board like shaking. The, this, oh, it's loading up a second song. That's interesting. Uh, what you just heard was Reformation by Occam's Laser uh, off his recent album, Occult 88, which is the third, I don't know if it's the final piece of his Occult trilogy of 97 or 87 and 86. Um, not a bad album. Intense, a little bit of dark wave, dark synth wave for you if you're into that sort of it's stuff. The devil's music. The devil's music. He's uh, he's British, I think. Uh, yeah, England, UK. <gasps> uh, I have to apologize to Patrick because uh, we had a song picked for him, and then I just defaulted what I wanted. I'm a selfish, selfish person. Uh, and then I'm a selfie. And I didn't realize, but uh, I'm seeing uh, Nick Cave at the end of the month, but Cigarettes After Sex is opening for him. No and, way. Which is funny because Joel picked a Featured song for them last week. last week. So maybe I'll, they'll play the Crush <laughs> if that's it, the yeah. popular one. But uh, uh, this is Android Zenjin on CFRU 93.3 FM. Show about books, movies, games, whatever. We were just talking about Rising Sun, a very popular Kickstarter game from Come On Games. And mm. while during the music break, we were having a conversation about Kickstarter again, it seems like it's a co- fairly uh, common topic amongst us. And you can't separate it from you, games. These well, days. yeah, nowadays it's it's it is the industry. It's like most a lot of these. In fact, I think there are three that are uh, supposedly on their way to me right now for Kickstarter that are just like held up. Uh, four actually that are just on their way slowly. But Patrick, have you? What's your? What are your thoughts on Kickstarter? A. Have you ever backed anything? And B. Have you been screwed? Yet how hard by Kickstarter? I backed. Um, I've backed. I guess some smaller. If you say Mighty Number no. Nine, I will no, hit you. <laughs> I have not backed Mighty. I've never even heard of it. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. Good. Is there a history lesson? It was just like the Mega Man creator uh, Inafune. Went off on his own and tried kickstarted his own Mega Man clone and it stunk. Oh, oh bad. Sorry. Anyway, sorry. Um, so I kickstarted a game called Castle Story. Hey, I did that too. <laughs> I've never played it. Um, <laughs> it, it. They said it would come out that year. Yeah. And it came out. The, so that I think that was 2005 or six. <laughs> <laughs> and it came out 2013. Oh, I'm gonna de- defend them that at least they had tons of updates on their alpha, and true. They, I still get emails from them that I just delete immediately. They stuck <laughs> with it. I'm surprised. There's a lot of places that will just take your money and go, ah, we didn't finish. Bye. Well, they it, met their goal. They have been making a game. They keep trying, keep and it and still stuff? sucks. It's is still it not a good? Bad game. Yeah. <laughs> See, I haven't played it yet because I just it was the time when uh, Minecraft was a big deal, and they sold it as like. Minecraft meets yeah. Dwarf Fortress, and I thought that's really cool. Yeah. And then I just looked at it, and, and like you're saying, it took so long for it to come out. And by the time it actually came out, or at least was in a playable state, I was like, yeah. I've picked it up every now and then, every major release, just to try it out. Yeah. After like 20 minutes in, and I have a great computer. <laughs> 20 minutes in, it the starts greatest. lagging. What? Like, it's just got poor performance issues. Um, is this like, too many dudes? Are, like too many? All the pieces are like physics, I guess. I don't know. Is this a known issue? I don't know. I guess. A lot of people have issues with it. All right. So is is Castle Story the only one that you've done, or are there others? Um, there are others, but um, I haven't been burned by them. Okay. So uh, they're just like Steam games, like an early access kind of thing. Um, I, I usually do tend to steer away from that. If I look at a Steam games profile and it says early access, I usually almost gut response close it. Yeah. I'm like, I'll wait till it's out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it takes a lot of convincing from other outside sources to be like, no, it's ready to play right now. Try it. Dead then, Cells is the only one in recent time that I can think of. That's that. a good one. I've played that. Like you didn't start it up and you go, whoa, this is early access yeah. all right. And, <laughs> and then Slay I've, the Spire is another one. I've got that. It's still early access and it's really good. It's like a Wait, done do game. Wait, do I have it? I don't know. It's like a card deck building RPG. Oh, that's, that's still early access. Eh? Yeah. Okay. You might like that one, Joel. Slay the Spire. If oh, like get DC. out of here. I want to get a game that's like late access where you like everybody gets the game <laughs> and then they wait like PUBG. six months and then they hand it to you. PUBG. Is PUBG? Here you go. No. It's actually good now. They, they, Can you imagine like back in the ga- day you got a game and there was a problem with it. It was on burnt into a CD. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you couldn't get a change. So maybe if you got a little bit later, they'd fix some of the bugs that the public release would cause. I was going to say how many it's something I don't even think about anymore but when you bu- when you picked up a game as a kid because it was on hard copy it's like you weren't I didn't have internet for the longest time at least not in the sense of I wasn't downloading patches for games no like can you imagine shipping games like they do now with mm. what they do where it's like day one patches for it's always broken uh, yeah what, when has a game ever been released and it just works it's it, all less than, yeah. 
I'm trying to think of anything that's... Uh... I think that's just the case with software development. It's actually, it's taken, again, or with games, how they've done like a... It's been this, accelerated. Yeah, well, like this agile approach yeah, where yeah. you're just constantly cha- making changes and it's like, well, they want this, so we're going to give it to them. Oh, they don't want that anymore. We're going to stop developing. Well, and you have the stories like these guys who, like, imagine making a cartridge, too, for a game. And you have, like, the famous cases of uh, E.T. for Atari, one of the worst games ever, po- possibly killed the company. Oh, yeah. But that was made by, I'm pretty sure one guy did all the work on that. And he would joke that he, yeah, the game stunk, but I made the game uh, on my budget and it came and was ready for release. On when time I, and <laughs> under budget. Yeah, yeah. So don't, don't yell at me. Yell at the people who gave me these parameters to yeah. make this game. So, Well, the thing about like even balancing, like forget about bugs, like... True, Starcraft true. and Diablo and stuff, and they're saying this is too good, this isn't good enough, and they're tweaking it as they yeah. go. They couldn't do that. Well, let's let's take this back to board games. If you release a board game that's imbalanced, yeah. <laughs> you, well, what, you've screwed up. It's you have to do expansion. an expansion. But yeah. that to me, that's one of the problems with this. Like you're maybe like linking all this stuff together. Like you're saying, you need to play test the hell out of a game. And if you release a game and people immediately find it's busted within like a week of like the general population yeah. playing it, and then, they will, and they will. If you've screwed something up, and or if there's like some uh, hypothetical optimal man that manages to find some dumb play that breaks your game or your wording isn't clear, then you've screwed up. And I just I find it fascinating. But board games, you, what do you? Uh, I've bought some games like the Rosenberg, like Cottage Garden, and uh, Feast for Odin. There were misprints in it, yeah. So you ended up having to do like pasting or gluing uh, over white out they gave you stuff yeah. because they didn't want to reprint it so they gave you something to put on oh, no. the game and feast road just gave you whole new tiles because one was just misprinted entirely and just think how much money did this cost just to send like special yeah. tiles for this stuff but but then you know you talk about expansions fixing games it's the worst it's so scummy to yeah say like well we gave you a broken game sorry about that but you can pay us a whole bunch more money for the game that actually works i mean you don't have to you always got the original but uh, you could just not play with that broken part and true there are ways like if it's depending on how much like how how thrifty are you you to you can modify it yourself or just but the difference is that it, let's take twilight imperium 3 and twilight imperium 4 significant changes between the game could you play three according to all the rules of four absolutely but there's a lot of components that are missing and uh, i think the the game just doesn't you could obviously mash them up yourself if you want to you could just write the cards down and then at what point like why are you not just cutting out things out of cereal boxes and just doing <laughs> it all make yourself? your own game make your own game write right? your own rules oh you can produce it oh you can make my, put it on kickstarter Woo! <laughs> <laughs> now we've really come back. We've, we've did a total loop. Full I love circle. it. We're the best. We're so good at radio. But the the idea of like you can't patent mechanics. So what's to stop you from making your 4X that plays identically to Twilight Imperium or yeah. Eclipse or any of these types of games? This one's underground. Hey, that Instead sounds decent. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really cool, actually. We'll call it Imperial Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> it, it tw- eclipse of the it, the Imperium. I don't know. So Kickstarter, I'm glad you haven't been burned. At least I well when I, I that was the first Kickstarter I did Castle Story. But and, it was ten bucks though, right? It wasn't. It's true, but I waited and it never. And then when I got burned, I said never again. You're never. Oh, so never ten dollars back. Yeah. No, that's true. Well, what? maybe I wonder if you contact him and said this game stinks. Can I have my <laughs> money back? I bet he would. They yeah. would. They probably would. But I'd have to uninstall it. I want to show people how bad it is. Oh, <laughs> this game has been in development for twelve years. Is it a one-man job or is it's not it... twelve years? Eight years, long enough. Yeah. Well, something like um, there's a couple of games that are just one-man shows, and you're still looking at the updates that could trickle uh-huh. through now and then. And it's like, are dude, they... I, I gave up on you a long time. <laughs> they have a studio. They've done like tour videos and like, look at us developing. Look here, are animators. And it's like. How does it take this many people to make a bad game? <laughs> is this a pyramid scheme? Like, what's going on? Are these just all your friends and they all <laughs> you know, just drawing a salary? Have you ever seen a one-man game that's good? Um, I mean, aside from board games, because they're all one-man games, pretty much. I, uh, I don't think so. It's tough to say, because there's... They, I think we were talking about this a while ago. This game that came out... Um, Oh, I'm going to screw up the name, but it was this harken back to the day of grid ba- or turn-based RPGs like Eye of Beholder and mm, uh, yep. Hackmaster or whatever. Um, 
It was made by this crazy Australian man who spent 12 years making this game, and everyone denied him. That, and they, they doubted him, just as they doubted the Lord. They said it was, nev- it was never <laughs> coming <low>. out. <laughs> and lo, upon the... <laughs> he releases the game, and it's actually pretty good. It's, it's cool. ugly as sin, and it's got terrible sound effects, but the game itself is tight. It's gigantic. It's like a 400-hour epic game. It's like <laughs> the product of insanity. <laughs> 400 <laughs> hours to play. How long did that take to make? <laughs> What's it called? I'm I'm flub. It's. I need <sighs> to know this. I, I'm screwing it up. I know. I can see the icon on my computer. It says owl. Um, I forget. Um, I'm. I'll, I'll post it on the Twitter or something of uh, what the the name of the game is. But it came out. It was inexpensive, and um, the guy was going crazy about piracy too. He was like, he tried to make it unpiratable, and it actually was difficult to pirate for some bloody reason. <laughs> and now no one cares. I think, but. Um, that's that's the only one man show I can think of. Aside from like these, like, do you have like the Kojima esque like auteur visions? Like, this is a one man. No, it's like a million people working on this yeah. one behind the scenes. Well, software is a, a bit difficult, more difficult than board games. I would think to make a one man to come up with all that and have those different skills. A board game, if you know how to make a board game, mm-hmm. you could probably cut out some circles and be like that's good enough for these pieces right yeah exactly (laughs) yeah you can prototype it easily right and then you get the artists and you get the the rest of the people behind the scene at what point is it not one man then yeah that's that's a good question right so oh rosenberg didn't draw his that's not his game exactly hustling um the speaking of games that are one man shows that are not uh i was thinking about red dead redemption it's been in hot topic lately the second one that's coming out Patrick, are you going to pick it up? Console exclusive. So you're not doing it? Do you I have a console? I do not yet. No, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but Red Dead Redemption's coming out soon, isn't it? So do you think you would buy it just for? Um, well, that Spider-Man game came out too. Which a friend of the show, Stefan, is quite happy with. It's I liked Spider-Man 2, and it has the same swinging mechanic, mm-hmm. and that is all I need. Swinging? S- swinging. That's all you want is just swinging through a city? Yeah. Don't you mean web slinging? Spider-Man No, no, in the game you... And you swing. Go with your partner. (laughs) (laughs) You take Mary Jane out. And you go to the park and the one pushes the... You go to Doc Ock (laughs) and he uses his... Anyways. And he pushes all of you on the swing. Yes. (laughs) That's what we're... We're swingers. Uh, Spider-Man got weird. (laughs) I don't know if I like this. Don't kink shame him. Well, and then the only other thing I can think of is um, Death Stranding, when that comes out. That'll be a console exclusive as well. Unless yeah. the giant ruse cruise is real and it's actually out on other stuff. But so then I should get a PlayStation. It sounds like PlayStation is the only one yeah. to pick up, unless you're going to get a Switch, because the Xbox is basically Microsoft saying, yeah, you could have a computer or an Xbox. Yeah, I think they kind of quit with, there hasn't been a very good exclusive in this year, has there, for Xbox? I can't think of any. Maybe don't look at me, man. I don't have any no. consoles. He's not a plug. Um, I PC would get masters. <laughs> <laughs> I would get the Switch uh, for the new Smash Bros. If that comes out this year, yeah. Is that is that confirmed? They are. Yeah, they're they're teasing all these different. They, oh, they've confirmed I, it for sure. I just didn't know there wasn't an actual release date. Oh, it yeah. wasn't coming out. For oh, Christmas no release date. No, but if it is th- by Christmas, I'll get it. Smash Brothers Ultimate. Yeah. Which, but I thought it was just a port of the 3DS one, wasn't it? Or am I There's getting mixed up with There's definitely new characters, them? so I assume it's a new release. Yeah. I don't know enough about it. These, these fighting games and all the Smash series, and it's like when people talk about Pokemon games, it's, it's like, I'm, I'm out of touch. But is there going to be oh, Bowser? There's too many. Bowser, that's all every... Pre- <laughs> what, what was the story behind that? Can anyone explain to me exactly what the, the crown was? Yeah, um, so there's a game. I'm not sure which game. It's a Mario game. and uh, Was it Mario Party? It's it's not out yet. No, it's like a side scroller, oh, and you okay. can play as you know Mario, Luigi, whatever. Mm-hmm. And one of the playable characters is a Toadette, mm-hmm. which is a female Toad. Yeah. And when I guess her version of a mushroom that you hit from a question box is actually a crown. The okay. crown. Yeah, and that crown turns Toadette, a female Toad, into Peach. Okay. Peachette. So do, does the Peachette Peach, Peach is already a Peachette yeah yeah girl. or sorry yeah I think it's called Peachette. So nobody fetishized Toadette whatsoever. Just like no. that was just no. We're done with well, this. they just well they took that idea 
they saw that and they said well apparently that crown turns anyone into peach yeah that's what they took from it and so they put it on (laughs) bowser it was a little comic of yeah 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 i think we've all seen the comic it and just there's a exploded. lot of other art out there if you want. And I think, I, I don't know if I've seen them art, actually. S- s- wow. I, I don't know if I've seen people actually selling figurines of it or not. Like if they were not legit Nintendo approved or sold yeah. things or if it's just. Bowser that is not Nintendo improved yet. Yeah. Yes. They, <laughs> <laughs> I think they definitely had a conference meeting the day it was released and they were like, oh boy. <laughs> Let's just see where this goes. <laughs> just No comment, basically. Well, Joel, well, you posted well, that. There's uh, Booette and. You posted that image of Shigeru Miyamoto looking at his phone with look of oh! horror on his face. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thanks to all the images of Bowsette, uh, uh what did they say? Smash Brothers Ultimate is now canceled. <laughs> <laughs> Teach him a lesson. It's it's too late. We've you seen everything. Yeah, basically. So, drums indicate end of an episode. Thank you, Patrick, for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Time's up. Time's up. I'm Jack. I'm Joel. Patrick. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned. See you for you. See you.